Hey everybody and welcome to our Good Friday evening service. We're so glad that you're here, especially if you're a visitor, you are more than welcome to our service. There is one reason why I love Good Friday, because I, Shane Dean, a sinner, need Good Friday. I need what happened on Good Friday. I need my sins forgiven. I have sinned in thought and word and deed. And the Bible tells me in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24, he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree. And that is good news for people like me. I was interested to read uh, St. Patrick's account recently, his confessions. He begins his confessions by saying this, my name is Patrick and I am a sinner. And those are the words I can say of myself. My name is Shane and I am a sinner and I need Jesus. And that is one thing all of us watching in this evening have in common. Each and every single one of us is a sinner and each and every single one of us needs Jesus. And the good news in the Bible is this. It says it in Romans chapter 5, verse 8. It says this, God shows his love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. If you are not perfect tonight, and if you recognize that, you are more than welcome here. Jesus Christ died for you. And I hope that this service will be really a time of reflection, a meaningful time for you. If you're watching on your own or with your family, I hope that it will be a special moment for you to think about what Jesus did on the cross. And if you're new or if you're tuning in, could I encourage you to spend the whole time listening to the whole service and see what God would have to speak to you? And do uh, let us know that you're here as well in the comments. And maybe some of you want to share this out with your friends or family. Do click uh, the share button as well uh, for this evening. As we begin our reflection of what Jesus has done on the cross for us, we are going to sing, Come Behold the Wondrous Mystery. Let me read some words to you that are in that song. It says this, Come Behold the Wondrous Mystery. Christ the Lord upon the tree, in the stead of ruined sinners, hangs the Lamb in victory. So let us begin our service by singing this song together. And if you don't know the song, do just listen in and read the words and see what they mean as we continue on in our service together. And I'll be back in a moment. Amen. 
hope of deliverance in Jesus. I hope that song had some meaning to you as you were singing on it and, and reflecting on the words and thinking of what Jesus did for us all those years ago. Right now, tonight, we are going to hear um, the stories of, of two other people. And I want to say as well, we're going to have a time of reflection at the end. So maybe there's verses about the cross that you want to share at the end. Please do that even now, or you want to say some things during the service and, and even say thank you to those who are sharing tonight and um, because it's not an easy thing, I can assure you that. Um, first up, we have a friend of mine. Uh, his name is Danny. He's a friend of our, our church as well and, and part of our, our group here. And Danny is going to share with us his story about how Jesus has changed his life. So for the next four or five minutes, we're going to hear from Danny, his story about how Jesus has changed his life. I want to share with you a bit about how Jesus' death on the cross changed my life. Uh, I was brought up in a family that believed in God and I was taught early on about Jesus and why he came to save us. 
and I would have learned that from my parents in church and, and Sunday school. I was eight years old uh, when I gave my life to the Lord. I was on the Logos ship. They sail all around the world. Um, they sell Christi selling Christian books and hosting outreach nights. And I was at one of those outreach nights with my family. And the captain got up to speak and he just spoke about why God had sent his son to this earth. The message wasn't anything different to what I've heard before, but it, it registered with me that night. Um, even though I was <clears throat> I was so young, uh, I knew I was a sinner and, and what that meant. Um, I knew I wasn't right before God. I hadn't repented of my sin yet and I realised uh, if I died that night, I was looking at eternity in hell, separated from him. And there was a real sense of hopelessness even though I was so young. So at the end of the talk he said, you know, you need to decide what you're going to do with your life, basically. Um, I knew at that very moment I couldn't wait um, or put it off. I asked Jesus to forgive me. Um, I thanked him for saving me. And yeah, I wanted to live for him. In John 14, 6, it says, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And what a, what a peace and joy I had inside me. Um, you know, asking him into my life. I felt so safe and secure. Um, another verse in John 10, 28. I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. And that's so true when you turn to Jesus and you follow him. You're now in his possession and under his care um, and you can't be separated from him. Um, I suppose that didn't mean, you know, I was no longer a sinner or anything. Um, I'm 26 now and there's been countless times going through school, through college, um, in work, in sport, you know, I haven't represented God well and I've put myself before others and yeah, I've been a selfish person. Um, you know, even though I made that commitment, you know, I've made a commitment to follow God. Um, it doesn't mean I fall over sometimes. Um, you know, Shane mentioned in Romans 7:15 recently, uh, for I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. And that's that's a sin inside exposing all my imperfections. And again, uh, for me, realizing only Jesus can can make it right. And it always amazed me because I'm so aware of my sin. Why did why did Jesus come down from heaven if you know he knew people were were going to reject him, mock him, you know, beat him and crucify him? Why did he come knowing that would happen? You know, um, he didn't have to put up with that, but he did it because he loved us. And you know, he could have come down off the cross at any time. Said, look, you know, you're not worth it. But he'd rather die for us than ever be apart, and that's that's how much he loves us. And yeah, I'm looking I'm looking forward to that day where uh, I'm there with him and his people. Uh, you know, this life's short, um, but eternity goes on forever. So it's a really important decision to make. And you know, I'm thankful to the people who've been concerned about my walk with the Lord all these years, my family, my friends. Um, I think of MCC camps, even all the way back to Sunday school. Um, going to Douglas and now past the dress, you know, it's it's a real encouragement to keep going and stay faithful to God. So that's a small bit about my story. Um, yeah, and I'll just finish with this verse. 
it's in Galatians 2 tw- uh, verse 20 um, I've been crucified with Christ and it is no longer I who live but Christ lives in me and the life which I now live in the flesh I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. Thank you, Danny, uh, for sharing your story. And do take time to thank Danny in the comments as well for sharing his story. It's it's not an easy thing. And what I found incredible about Danny's story is at just eight years of age, just eight years of age, he was able to know that he was a sinner and that he needed Jesus and that Jesus would forgive him of all his sin. That is amazing. And then he he quoted from um, John 14, where Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And no matter what age you are tonight, whether you're young, eight years old or 80 years old, you can know that truth that Jesus is the way to God, the only way to God. So thank you to Danny for reminding us of that through his story. Right now, we're going to have a reading from Isaiah 53. And Isaiah 53 was written roughly 700 years before Jesus came. And as this account is written, I want you to remember that this prophecy was written all those years before Jesus came and was crucified on the cross. And as you hear these words, Take this time to ask yourself, is this true? And reflect upon what Jesus, your Savior, has done for you. And then after that reading, we're going to have an amazing song sung to us called See Him in Jerusalem. And I'd love you to reflect on that and and sing through that. So first, right now, we're going to hear the reading from Isaiah 53. From Isaiah chapter 53. Who has believed what he has heard from us? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of the dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him and no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his wounds we are healed. And we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. Like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, and like a sheep that before its shearers is silent, so he opened not his mouth. By oppression and judgment, he was taken away. And as for his generation, who considered that he was cut off out of the land of the living, stricken for the transgressions of my people? And they made his grave with the wicked and with a rich man in his death, 
although he had done no violence and there was no deceit in his mouth. Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. He has put him to grief. When his soul makes an offering for guilt, he shall see his offspring. He shall prolong his days. The will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Out of the anguish of his soul he shall see and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted righteous, and he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore I will divide him a portion with the many, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul to death and was numbered with the transgressors. Yet he bore the sin of many and makes intercession for the transgressors. This is the word of the Lord.
Praise the one who saved us. Let me remind you of some words that we just sung in that song. See the king who made the sun and the moon and shining stars. Let the soldiers hold and nail him down so that he could save them. Amazing that the creator of this world came down and allowed his creation, his very own creation, to nail him to the cross. Amazing news that we have this evening to reflect upon. We're going to continue and hear another story of life change. And so for the next four to five minutes, we're going to hear from Soraya, another um, person, part of our, our church, and just the story of how Jesus changed her life and what Jesus means to her and, and how Good Friday is really a good day for her. So let's hear from Soraya right now. When I was a teenager, I was invited by my cousin to an evangelical church. What struck me in that church the most was they had a big cross. And I, I was raised in, in the church and, and I went to Mass every Sunday and I was familiar with the cross. But the cross in the church where I grew up had Jesus uh, hanging on it. So I was curious and I asked, why do you have a cross without Jesus? And I was told that the cross was there to remind us what Jesus did for us. And he wasn't there to remind us that he resurrected from the dead, that he was very much alive and he wanted to be part of my life. I was like the parable that Jesus told the disciples of the seed and the soil. I was the type of soil that had weeds, and choke the seed because I received the word of God very, very, very happily and joyfully. But the desires of this word choked 
the word of God in my life. And I chose to continue to live for myself and for my own desires. It wasn't until many, many years later that I realized how my sin and, and choosing to sin when I knew the truth was making Jesus so sad because he loved me, because he died for me, and he wanted to be part of my life. And also the people that love me, my family, my friends, I know my sin upset them. Had I died at that time in my life, I have no doubt I would have gone to hell. But now I have this wonderful assurance of eternal life. And the difference between then and now in my life is that I no longer choose to sin, but rather I avoid it. I'm still a sinner and I will be a sinner until Jesus comes back, until I die, because I live in this world. But it's different now because before I chose to sin, now I don't. I fail, I fall, I repent, I ask God to forgive me, and He restores me. And that's the difference in my life now. And to have this assurance that even though I'm still a sinner, but I now follow Christ and no longer choose to sin, the assurance of eternal life, because He came 2,000 years ago, I know He is coming back, because He promised. And until this day, God has kept all of His promises. So I know He's coming back. And I know He's preparing a room for us. That's what He promised. And I know that I am forgiven. And that I will no longer suffer the consequence of my sin. Because He paid for it on that cross. I'm just filled with joy. Because the cross is empty. He's no longer there. And that's what gives me hope. And that's what helps me to keep going. I'm just going to read here from John. John 14, verse 15. If you love me, obey me. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another comfort. And he will never leave you. What a promise. He never leave me. That's the difference now. Thank you so much, Soraya, for sharing your story again so well. And, and do again in the comments say, say thank you to Soraya for sharing that with us. And again, just to remind you, at the end of all this, we will have a time of reflection. So if there's verses relating to Good Friday or anything you would like to share, please do that. And, and we'll talk about that for a moment afterwards. What I loved about what Soraya shared there was the reality of assurance with that empty cross. And though she said, though I fail, though I fall, though I stumble, I have forgiveness of sins because of what Jesus has done for me.
And that is the glorious thing about Good Friday, that you, any one of you here that would trust in Jesus, you too can have forgiveness of your sins. And that's what I want to talk right now. Just take a few minutes of your time to talk about the reality of what happened on Good Friday and why it is so good. You know, as you heard those stories, what we call testimonies, you heard those stories from Danny and you heard that story from Soraya. And when you heard those stories, I'm sure you got the feeling that these stories, they are meaningful. They mean something to these people. I may not believe it. I may not know it. But these stories mean something to them. Why does it mean something to them? Because it is so very personal to them. And you will notice in your life that the things that mean the most to you are often the things that are most personal to you. The things that mean the most to you are often the things that are most personal to you. We see this in the in the songs that are most meaningful to us. The reason they're meaningful to us is because at some point in life, there was a personal experience that we had relating to that song. Maybe it was song on a song on a wedding day or a song when you were traveling with with your friends or a song that you remember your mother singing when you were a young child. The reason those songs are meaningful to you is because they were personal to you. And so we have the same with places. The reason places are meaningful to you is because they're personal to you. Maybe the place that you got married or the place where your child took their first steps or the place that you visited on holidays once. And it means so much to you only because it is personal to you. You relate a personal experience. And sometimes this even happens with our clothes. This even happens with with clothes. They, They have meaning because we attach personal things to them. This is why the mother finds it so difficult to get rid of those baby clothes. Why? Even if the baby can't fit in them anymore, there's something personal about them which adds meaning to them. And so things that are meaningful are often things that are personal, right? And in Ireland, we know the reality of the personal nature of life. There are certain things that are personal to us in Ireland. Our finances are are personal. Our, Our feelings are personal. Don't go near them. But also there's something else that's personal in our lives. And that is religion. Often religion is very personal to us. And so what is it then that makes it so personal to us and and therefore meaningful to us in our religion? Sometimes what makes our religion that we might have meaningful to us might be some people attach meaning to it because of the generations. What I mean by that is because my great-grandmother went there and my grandmother went there and, and, and my mother went there to this church, that then has personal meaning to me and attachment to me. Because of the generations, it becomes personal to me, my religion in that sense. Or there's, there's other realities that, that make these things personal to us. Maybe it's, it's the reality of the, um, the senses that we have. 
What I mean by that is our, our sight, our, our, our touch, our, our smell. Sometimes we associate that with church. There are certain things that we see and there are certain things that, we ha- that happen and we associate it with church. And so then it becomes very personal to us. The sights, the sound, the music, these things make it purpose, purposeful and meaningful for us. But then there are the memories as well. The memories that we have as we reflect back on on times that we were in church or or times in our religion, we have these certain memories, maybe maybe happy days in a church of a a wedding or a ceremony, maybe sad days in a church of, of a funeral. And so that's what makes Christianity sometimes meaningful to us and personal to us because of the generations and because of the memories and because of the senses. But what I would say to you is this. If those are the things that make Christianity meaningful to you, then you are missing what Christianity is all about. Because as you heard the story of Danny and Soraya, they didn't mention the generations. They weren't talking about all the memories. They weren't talking about the senses. What changed their life? was Jesus. Christianity is all about Jesus. If you're relying on the generations, if you're relying on your memories, if you're relying on those feelings that you have, you will miss the mark. Christianity is all about Jesus. And that's what makes Christianity so meaningful and purposeful and personal. It's Jesus. And so I want to read to you just this verse from from Ephesians chapter 5, verse 2. And I want you to see the personal nature of Christianity. Listen to what it says. It says, walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Do you hear it? The personal nature of Christianity. Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. That is the personal nature of Christianity. And also you you hear Paul saying it in in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. See how personal he is when he says this. He talks about Christ who loved me and gave himself up for me. Do you see how personal that is for him? Christ Jesus loved me and gave himself up for me. Listen, that's why Good Friday means so much to me. At 15 years old, Jesus Christ showed me, Shane Dean, the reality of my sin and who I was and that I was a sinner and that I needed Jesus for eternal life. And it was at that moment I knew Jesus loves me and Jesus gave himself up for me and I want to follow him. And that is why Christianity is so personal and meaningful. You see Paul say, first, he loved me. And you say, why did he love me? Is it because of something I did? No, it was not because of something you did. 
You know why? Because in this world, we're so used to trying to get people to love us. Have you ever tried to get someone to love you? That's what this world is all about, getting people to love us. So we wear certain clothes so we can get them to love us. We say certain things so we can get them to love us. And on social media, we portray ourselves in a certain way just so that we can get people to love us. And so we hear that, that Jesus loves us and we think, oh, that's because we get him to love us. We have to do certain things in order for him to love us. No, that's not the way he loved you. While you were still sinners, Christ died for you. He didn't love you because of who you are. He loved you because of who he is, by his grace. He loved you. And so there is a song that we sing, Rock of Ages, where it says in Rock of Ages, let me just pick up the notes. It says, nothing in my hands I bring, simply to the cross I cling. I don't bring anything for him to love me. He gave himself for me and showed his love for me. And that's how he demonstrated the love. He gave himself up for me. Do you know who deserves punishment for sin? It is you and me, the sinners. Except what happened on the cross was Jesus who committed no sin. There was no deceit found in his mouth. He took our place and gave himself up for us. This is how he loved us. Most people in this world, they try and take from you and take from you and take from you. All the relationships that we're in in this world tend to take and take and take. But Jesus came to give. And he came to give his life as a ransom for many, for you and for me. And that's what makes Christianity so, so personal. Christ loved me. And gave himself up for me. If it is the traditions and the generations and the memories that make Christianity personal to you, then you've got it all wrong. Christianity is all about Jesus. Are you living your life for him? And could I urge you even tonight if you've realized from these stories, hey, I want what Danny has. I want what Soraya has. I want what Shane is talking about. I would urge you, whether you're eight years old or 80 years old, to turn from your sin and turn to Jesus even tonight. That is why Good Friday is so good, because you can have your sin dealt with tonight and inherit eternal life from Jesus. Would you not turn to him? And for those of you who are Christians, can I encourage you by saying this? He loves you and he gave himself up for you. Maybe you're tired and weary in your faith right now. Could I encourage you? Go back to the basics. Jesus loves you and gave himself up for you. There is a song we sang to the kids um, when they were going asleep when they were younger. It goes like this. 
Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong, they are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. That's what makes Christianity so personal. Jesus loves me. And the Bible tells me so. We are going to respond by singing, turn your eyes upon Jesus. So let us sing that together now.
I think we should just pray briefly uh, before I deal with the comments. And if you have verses and want to reflect, then please do. Lord Jesus, we turn our eyes to you. I pray if there is anyone listening in tonight that has not turned to you, I pray that tonight would be the night that they see that Jesus loves them and gave himself up for them. And I pray that your people who are gathered here tonight might be encouraged by every single word they have heard from your truth in your name. Amen. I will take uh, some time to say some hellos and reflect on some of the comments. I do want to say hi to Claire uh, there and Dave as well, tuning in from up north. Claire and Dave have been part of a team that has come down to us every single Easter. And then since COVID has has taken place, we haven't been able to do that. But I just want to take the opportunity to thank you guys uh, for all you've done um, for Passage over Easter. They've helped out with tidy towns. They've helped out with loads of things in the town, the Easter egg hunt that we've run during the years. Some of you may know of that. They have helped us with that. So we are so grateful for that. Um, I'm just going to say hi to a few people, um, maybe uh, Sue Ellen and Jetta tuning in. Hello uh, to you. I'll skip a few. Don't be offended if I do that. It's just we have a few comments uh, tonight. Maro says, Happy Easter, everyone. Um, Marie as well says, Good evening, all. Have a lovely um, Easter. And then we have uh, Igman. May Jesus be lifted up. God bless you all. And I hope Jesus was. Alex tuned in uh, from YouTube. Great to have you, Alex, um, from uh, the US tuned in there. Um, Amy says, hello, everyone. Delighted to have you, Amy, with us. Um, Fallen Angel from YouTube. I actually know who you are. I won't say your, your name, but I'm so glad you're tuned in. And so uh, thanks for visiting in uh, tonight. Marie says, and I really appreciate this. She says, Danny, that's such a beautiful, touching testimony. Thanks for sharing it with us all. And that is, is so true. And we have a couple more. Thanks for Danny. I'll go down to Andrew's one. Andrew says, thank you for sharing your story. I appreciate you reminding us that this life is indeed so short, but what we do with Jesus determines our destination, where our destination will be. And what you do with Jesus tonight, let me tell you this in all truth and in all sincerity, what you do with Jesus determines where you spend eternity. Jesus didn't shy away from that truth. It is either eternal life or eternal death. Will you place your trust in Jesus tonight? He is worthy. He is worthy. Um, Christine, the Carlos, oh, wonderful that you could join us. They say a very happy Easter to all of you. Love the Carlos in Canada. So glad that you can join us. Joel and Christine, they spent many years here in Passage, um, serving the community, loving the community, helping out with Froga, and they had to go back to be in Canada. Um, so just so glad uh, that you were able to join with us. 
Um, Agnes as well says, lovely song. Thanks, Agnes, for coming in. And it was a lovely song. I think that was Jerusalem. Uh, you gave the comment with, and what a beautiful song that is in words. You can type that in, in in YouTube, and you'll find that, and you can listen to that again and again. Very meaningful words. Amy says, thank thank you, Soraya, for sharing your story. Marie says, thank you for your reminder, uh, Soraya. And then um, Steve says, thank you, Soraya. Yes, we sin, but in Christ, sin no longer defines who we are. We are his. And that's the reality for Christians. Christians still sin. What we're saying here tonight is not that we are perfect. What we're saying is Jesus has forgiven our sins. He's forgiven our sins. And in that sense, we have victory. And we will have the final victory one day when we are in heaven with him, no longer sinning. Uh, Dave shares from John 15, 13, greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. So thankful for the sacrifice Christ made on our behalf. He laid down his life for us. We are his friends. And so um, Simeon says, hi, daddy. I'll have to say uh, that. Um, Maron Eliana, thank you, Soraya and Danny. It's delightful to have you and know that we are part of the same family, the same family in, in Christ. Aaron uh, Wilson says, powerful. And Amy says, beautiful truth. Thank the Lord. And Soraya says, <laughs> I'm sure that was the kids saying, good singing, Daddy. Thank you very much. Daddy didn't plan on singing tonight, um, but the Lord obviously planned that. So... Um, one of my favorite verses regarding the death of Jesus, Steve says, is 1 Peter 2, 24. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. For you were straying like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. I get healed. He gets wounded all the way to death such love. What love that is. I get healed. He gets wounded. I get righteousness. He gets my sin. He bears it all on the cross and we sing hallelujah to Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Pedro says happy Easter to everyone. Um, Soraya also says um, amen. Well done, Danny, Andrew, Abby, um, and happy Easter to everyone. Oh, that's from Tally. Um, and then I'll just finish with what Igman says uh, from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 15. And he, Jesus, died for all that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. That is one of my favorite verses in scripture. Jesus died so that you and me would no longer live for ourselves. And here's the question for you, all of you, whether Christian or not tonight. Are you living for yourself? Or are you living for Jesus? Jesus died that you would live for him and have your sins totally and eternally forgiven. And so we praise his name for that truth this evening. We're going to close our service right now. And as we close our service, uh, we're going to finish 
with the song, How Deep the Father's Love for Us. And during this time, uh, there, my phone number will be there uh, with the song and our contact details are all around. If anything spoke to you tonight or you would like to get in contact with us, please don't hesitate to text or call or get in contact with us in any way. Uh, we would love to chat with you. And brothers and sisters, I pray that this evening was a meaningful service to you and honoring to the Lord. Let us finish with these words, how deep the Father's love for us. Sure.